Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I am Matt Harmon, and today we're doing something a little bit different than the previous shows. We've been previewing the NFL draft, everything like that. Today, I'm hyped to be joined by Frank Schwab, who, of course, hosted our betting show on this feed along with Scott Pianowski this past season. He's going to help us talk through all the ways you can actually bet on the 2022 NFL draft, because why would you not want to do that, Frank? Number one, thank you for joining me. Number two, how if the NFL offseason exists, and I think you're actually a perfect person right now to kind of show that it doesn't exist, because I'm pretty sure you're podcasting with us from like a family vacation, which is just, again, that is a perfect uh, way to do this particular NFL offseason. How is the, quote, non-playing season treating you? Yeah, there's none, man. You know that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm in Orlando, lovely Orlando, Florida. It's you know, a nice shade of red right now because we've been out to yeah. music parks. But I do appreciate that. When you thought about this, Matt, you were like, we just want to talk about betting. Who's the biggest degenerate we can find? Oh, let's get Frank. <laughs> let's get Frank. And I love it. I love it. I, I got a rep. I'm, I'm willing to. No, and it's also funny because we were just talking about the NFL pushed its schedule to May. And we're like, they've never pushed a schedule release till May until COVID times, really. And it's like, the NFL must have thought, what can we do in May to just take over the sports yeah. cycle? Oh, we'll do the schedule release. Like, it, it, the NFL and all my years covering this has been absolutely awesome at hey, is there a moment in time where the NFL is not taking over the sports scene? We're going to fill it because we're the NFL. We can do what we want. And, and they're only getting better at it, honestly, Frank. They're, That's they're the great part. It, yeah, it they're, is, they're just for, improving for, their craft, you know, <laughs> making the technique sharper, better, everything like that. So, yeah, that for, is for definitely. For a sport that has, like, I, I did the math once. They have, like, games of, like, 60 days out of the year, out of the 365. They're amazing at filling those other 300 days. Yeah, you got to really love it. Um, But hey, it's a good thing that we did this this morning because actually we have a little bit of breaking news-ish, sort of. I mean, it it is breaking news, right, about the exact topic that we're going to talk about. Um, The first overall pick odds changed this morning. Trayvon Walker, the Georgia pass rusher, I mean, not a very productive pass rusher, but he's going to be an edge player in the NFL. Trayvon Walker is now minus 175 to be the first overall pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over the weekend, Trent Baalke said that they're still considering four players at the first overall pick. You know, this is a, and I think the first overall pick perfectly kind of encapsulates this entire draft. Everybody says it's going to be one of the most unpredictable top tens because, you know, usually like last year we had quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. We knew it was going to go one, two, three quarterbacks. We obviously do not have that this year. And everything else kind of follows that unpredictability that the first overall pick brings us. So Frank, 
your reaction to the odds change this morning and, and how this is going to change the rest. If, if it is Trayvon Walker, if it's not Trayvon Walker, how is it going to change the rest of the draft of the way it unfolds? Yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy to get it this close, right? Like we're three days away from the draft and all of a sudden, I mean, it's been Hutchinson forever. And then all of a sudden bet MGM's just said this morning and we had done, I mean, just behind the scenes last night, I was prepping, I was sending you guys some, you know, here's what I'd be picking for this and that. And I thought, you know, Trayvon Walker plus 140, that's good value. We don't, because we don't know necessarily the Jaguars have kept this pretty secret. We don't know. And I, I think the, you could talk yourself into Trayvon Walker. Yeah, I get it. He, he wasn't very productive, but the combine numbers off the charts, all that kind Freakish, of stuff. Yeah. yeah, he just seems like he's got the higher upside. So I get it. But here's, you know, behind the scenes, we like to think Vegas or odds makers, whatever. It's not just Vegas anymore, right? There are 30 right, states. Yeah. Uh, we like to think that they're all knowing, right? Like they know everything. The Jaguars must be feeding them this. But I talked to somebody over at Ben MGM this morning. He said, what's behind this? And he said, everybody's betting Walker. We can't yeah. get money on anybody else, basically, because everybody for the past week is betting Walker. And it just feels like maybe this is the way the Jaguars are going. And from talking to them before doing stories on draft props and how they're set and all that, Vegas doesn't know. This is a soft market. This is not one of those markets where the jaguar like the jaguars lines whoever calling right. you know these odds makers and telling yeah. them here's what we're gonna do and set the lines this way they're guessing and they admit they're guessing so uh, so with this news that travon walker is going number one i think a lot of people are going to view that as oh there's inside information no this is just the betting market telling them we need to shift the odds because everybody's betting walker we have a lot of liability on that now yeah so now that they've shifted it to 175 i think aiden hutchinson's the right bet like yeah, i think right. he's what is he plus 150 i believe at this moment it's it's really shifting it went one thir- plus walker. 135 i think okay, 135. last time i looked yeah yeah and it shifted i mean it, it shifted even within the morning it shifted to minus 150 and then like 15 minutes later it was minus 175 for Trevon yeah walker. so this market's really moving fast and I'd go on the other side there and say, look, the, the odds, the odds makers don't know exactly what's happening. Trent Balky's not calling our friends over at BetMGM telling you what's going on. So I would go with Aiden Hutchinson now at a plus number because he's been kind of the consensus for a long time. And, you know, you know, Matt, I, I like to bet numbers here. I'm not betting just you know, <laughs> yeah. what I think is going to happen because we don't know. I, I think this is like you kind of said, one of the drafts where it's so unpredictable. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. So you give me a plus number on Hutchinson right now. A guy who we thought for three months was going to be the top pick. That's probably the way I'd go. It's it's really, really interesting line. Yeah, and again, to kind of hammer the unpredictability point here, uh, we saw ESPN's Matt Miller tweeted out this morning that right. he's, hearing, he's hearing rumblings about Iki Kwanu as potentially being the Jags' number one pick. Adam Schefter retweeted it. You know, right now... Icky is a plus a thousand to be the first overall pick. And we have heard too. And I, I believe this is, I don't know if this is going to end up mattering when the Jags actually do finally turn that card in, but you know, Doug Peterson, offensive minded head coach has been kind of pushing all through the process to get a offensive player. I know they franchise tag cam Robinson, you know, they have Walker little from last year's draft too. But um, the good thing about Icky, if they do end up going, you know, him number one, and we'll talk more about him throughout the show is he's a guy who could potentially be like an all pro guard if he doesn't work out at tackle. So, you know, this is just, I'm sure Peterson wants to build the infrastructure around Trevor Lawrence. That's why he probably wanted to take this job to begin with. But as he was during free agency, Trent Balky is the wild card here. You know, the Christian Kirk contract <laughs> yeah, yeah. has had long lasting ramifications. Oh my Balky God. is again at the center of attention uh, here as the draft is about to kick off in a couple of days. Frank, you know, we'll move away from the number one overall pick for now. Um, I've been asking every guest this, and I still wanted to kind of ask you this question too. How does the draft like, 
from a, a more wide view lens, how does it feel to you? Does this feel like a, it feels like a weird draft to me. Uh, you know, it feels like an unpredictable one. I keep saying that word, but you know, how does this draft kind of strike you compared to the classes from the last few years? And, you know, I'd like to sit here and I probably should sit here and say like, Ooh, it's really interesting in this way and that way. Let's be real. It's a bad draft. Yeah, I think so. Like I, we, me and you were nerds. Like, it's certainly we'll not a sexy draft, right? You know? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, let me say, because I meant to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you now. If Two questions right here. Because I don't think there's a lot of true, honest future superstars in this draft. If I were to set the number of like future Hall of Famers in this draft class at two and a half, you'd probably go under, right? Yeah, I mean, just especially with the lack of a, you know, lack of juice at quarterback, that would be like last year. Obviously, you'd be like, okay, Trevor, even you know, and who knows after year one, be like, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, I mean, he's a generational quarterback prospect, right? Like, I mean, you could probably potentially, you know, you never want to lock it in, but yeah, you could group him in there. There's, you know, guys like Kyle Pitts was a generational tight end right, prospect. Right. Jamar Chase was just like a set it and forget it superstar, absolutely. You know, from from day one, and obviously there were other great players along with those guys too. But th- that's three right there that you could be like, they're so good they could potentially be that type of guy. So you'd take the over last year, this year. I, I don't know. I don't know who that player would be. Right. And and that's what I was going to ask too. Like if I were to tell you, all right, I'll give you even odds on every single guy in this draft. Class. I'll give you a million dollars. If you can identify who's going to make the hall of fame, <laughs> which guy would you pick? Who would you pick? I, I, I don't know. Right. I mean, again, right. I, I'll tell even, you, if you're no, you go, me, you, I'd, yeah, go with, yeah. I'd go with one of the offensive paths. I'd go with either sure. Evan Neal who could like, I don't know that he has another level to go to, but he's 340 pounds, an amazing athlete from Alabama, right. and he could do it. And then Icky. I think Icky could be yeah. that guy who we look at in five years and just say, okay, this dude should have had the first pick, or maybe he will be. But those are the only two who I – because I can't really talk myself – I can't talk myself into Trevon Walker being like a, a J.J. Watt type of player. Like, I just – I don't see it yet from him or a- Aiden or – you know, I mean, even like Garrett Wilson. Like, we all think, oh, he's going to be the first receiver. He's not a Jamar Chase. He's good. No. He's solid. Like, okay, he's fine. But I don't even know if he's going to be the first receiver off the board, as we'll talk about later. So I'd take one of the two offensive tackles and just say, I, I guess one of these guys. I mean, that's a great point about the receivers because, yeah, I-, I would say people ask me this all the time. Like, how do you, how would you rank the guys from last year's class compared to this class? I'm like, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle would easily be the top receiver in this class. So that just, again, easily. shows easily. you yeah. how much more top-heavy last year's class was. I do think there's a good amount of depth in this class. You know, again, the receiver position, you know, I, you know if you can get over like six and a half, I think there's a good chance we get a lot of receivers going around one because there's a lot of really good contributors. But again, Lack of superstar talent does seem to be the theme uh, for this draft. Before we jump into more of the props, I do want to talk, you know, the draft is going to change things. Obviously, we, we you know, new players are going to be added to the roster. No kidding. That's going to change some things. And this year's draft in particular is really, really interesting because we have so many teams with multiple first round picks, Frank. And it's not the teams that usually, you know, usually if you have multiple first round picks, like, You've traded down, you know, think about teams that were rebuilding in the past or trying to accumulate more assets, trying to get more kind of swings at the plate and everything like that. This year, we've got teams like the Packers, we've got the Chiefs, like true blue Super Bowl contenders have multiple first round picks to kind of restack their roster. So the draft could really change odds for certain teams. So is there one team or a handful of teams that you would want to bet on right now before the draft to win their division before big moves in the draft kind of uh, change the odds. Right. I thought about this and in most years. Yes. This year, when I look at this, I'm like, which guy is just going to come in and change the game. And there's not many guys in this draft class. And that's what bothers me about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think a wild card here is we could get trades. We could get mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, I once, you know, and, and for me, anyway, the answer to your question is Packers at minus 185, even though it's really, really juicy and I hate laying a minus 185 on anybody. What if the Packers go out and get a Metcalf? What if they go get Debo? Right. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, but it could. Or what if later on they draft a Pickens and we're like, whoa, okay, now that fit is unbelievable for them. They landed the right receiver. Okay, now we're going to bump them up to minus one, 250, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. So I think the Packers odds are going to change if if they get over their allergy of adding receivers. Like uh, for some <laughs> reason, they're just like, no, no, we don't need receivers, guys. We're fine. If they finally make a move to get a receiver, I think those odds could really change. And I think the same, everything I just said applies to the Chiefs too. They're plus 135 yeah. in the AFC West right now. What if they make a big move? What if they are the ones, or they draft the right receiver? Yeah. What if they're the Debo team? Uh, Brett Veach actually joked about he actually joked about that over the weekend too. Uh, The reporters asked him, you know, hey, last you know you traded for Frank Clark first round pick, you traded uh, Orlando Brown a first round pick, so who's it going to be this year? And he jokingly said like Debo. But I mean, maybe it's not a joke, right? Like maybe they take one of those first rounders and and throw it to the 49ers. Absolutely. So I, I think that you know either by draft or trade, if they land the right receiver for their offense, we could look at the Chiefs a little bit differently. And I'll throw out one other team. It's going to sound kind of ridiculous, but the Jets at plus 1800. Yeah, they do have two top 10 picks. And what if they maneuver these things to add some guys. And at the end of the draft, we're like, the Jets really did well. Maybe they Bengals this thing. Maybe yeah. they're the team that just Zach has an unbelievable second year with all these new weapons or whatever. I, I can at least see it. The Jets, this is how draft grades work. The, the Jets are going to get an A plus. They're getting an A, yeah. Say, Whoa, they drafted these two. <laughs> oh, of course, they got two top 10 picks. But I think that everybody's going to be buzzing about the Jets draft because they're going to add a lot, whether it's just staying put and drafting with two guys or trades or trade down. So the Jets at 1,800, do I think they're going to beat the Bengals? Probably not. But if you give me 18 to 1 odds, that's probably going to go down after the draft. What about you? Who, who are you like? I mean, because I'm listening well, to you because I, I don't really have a great answer. Just on the on the Jets too, I think it's obviously it's a long shot. I mean, the odds tell you it's a long shot. The the Bills are like the favorite to win the Super Bowl, but you know, say right. Josh right. Allen gets hurt or something like that, we never mm-hmm. obviously like where's some wood I can knock yeah, on. Like right. we don't want that to happen. That would be the the worst thing to happen. But say it does come to pass, you know, and the Jets have restocked the cupboard. You know, with all of these uh, guys that they added in free agency, you know, uh, in, at the tight end room, um, you know, they could add a receiver in this draft. Like, what if they add a, you know, Drake London to complement Elijah Moore, who I think is like a stone cold baller, you know, or they take the 10th pick because of the familiarity that the coaching staff has with San Francisco and they trade for Debo Samuel. And suddenly you've got Elijah Moore ripping it down the field. You've got Debo Samuel doing all that underneath stuff like, I mean. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, by the way, and like the Jets offer the 10th pick for Debo, no matter how much you love Debo, you I think you take that deal. Um, really? Oh, man. See, I'm always a player over pick guy. I'm, and I'm, I usually let, am me too. And Sneed are, me and Les Need are, are soul, soulmates, I guess, because it's like. I usually am too, but. I, I, I If I'm the 49ers, I know where you turn to this, but if I'm the 49ers, I just say, you know what, Debo, we're sorry, but nope, they're going to play yeah. for us. I, I agree. I, I mostly good. agree with you. I mostly agree with you. Like, I think that's no, probably what, what happens, saying, yeah. you know, like, I think that they can, they can sit there and say, Debo, like, that's cute. But, you know, you're a third year player. You you have basically no leverage in this situation. Yeah, the only no. thing you can do is just not show up and, okay, you don't show up, like, then you don't get paid. It's it's a tough spot for him to be in to kind of force his hand. He's not like a Devontae Adams at this point. And that's my, my kind of thing, too, is I think Debo's a great player, but, like, I don't know that he's one of the five best receivers in football. The other like guys that got dealt this year, you know, Adams and Hill, those guys are, you know, no question. 
like top three receivers. I don't think Debo's quite there. He's coming off his best season. I think that's probably the best season we ever see from him, too, by the way. So I could get I, I think the most likely outcome, the thing I would really want to do if I'm San Francisco is sit there and say, like, yeah, we're not going to trade you. Uh, but I do think the 10th overall pick. Like, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Exactly. If, if so, for a if team that's like, not hey, picking in the first 10. round again for a while, sure. by the way, you know, they sent three last year for freaking Trey Lance. So, I mean, it's going <laughs> right. to be a minute. <laughs> so uh, anyways, yeah, moving on from that. Uh, the two I wanted to throw out there, they're a little bit like, obviously, they're less long shots in the Jets. The Colts at plus 125. Even though they don't have a first-round pick, like if they had a really nice receiver in the second round, I could see them flipping with the Titans. Also wanted to throw this out there, too. The Titans, you know, the odds aren't far apart from these two teams, but I think there's a pretty good chance that if these quarterbacks start to fall, that the Titans are a dark horse quarterback team. You know, mm. uh, I think they could take – they could look at it like, yeah, we love Ryan Tannehill. Good player. He's been great for us so far. Wasn't that awesome last year? Obviously, was not good in the playoffs. You know, they lost a playoff game where the other quarterback was sacked nine times. And I think we all mostly agree watching that game. It was because their quarterback just couldn't stand up to the test. Um, I could see them saying like, all right, this is purely a cost move too. like, do we want Desmond Ritter on a rookie contract or Ryan Tannehill on his contract? Right. Like, is there that big of a gap between these two guys? in And a really Ryan's going to be 34. I mean, Ryan's exactly. going to be 34 this year. Yeah. Sneaky old. So uh, I think like you could see Tennessee's odds you know, get worse to win the division if they take a quarterback and then the Colts flip with them there. Uh, I could see that. The Ravens, it, this feels like a draft that the Ravens will just crush. You know, yeah, they're plus know, two, they're plus 210. Um, they're going to take like a, you know, a really good defensive player in the first round that falls to them. It's just that kind of draft that I feel like the Ravens are going to crush this draft. Yeah, I, I agree with, I, I can't quit the Colts for some reason. It's maybe the Jonathan Taylor factor on Wisconsin and all, but I love the Colts. I'm going to, the Colts are my new Chargers, probably, where I'm just going to waste a ton of money <laughs> waiting year. for them to break through. And the Ravens, I love. I love that pick because we forget that about week 10, we were like, are the Ravens the best team in the NFL? And then injuries just decimated them, just totally. But they're just they're the Ravens. They always win. They're always good. Like, let's not – I mean, the Bengals got hot. That's great. Uh, the, but ooh, the Steelers with Trubisky? Or, or really? Like, the Browns? Uh, maybe. Uh, could be. We'll see what John Watson's stuff happens. But the Ravens are always – they're just one of those stocks that if you invest in that stock is never going to go down. Like it's always going to be a pretty good one. Honestly, I was surprised to see the Browns are the favorites to win the division right now at plus two ten. I mean, with the fact that their quarterback not might not play right. for like half the season or whatever. So who knows? Um, anyways, I just thought that was an interesting way to kind of jump into it. Uh, obviously we're going to dive into the props now pretty heavy. Uh, it is worth noting, of course, like if the first discussion on the pod didn't tell you enough, like these odds are going to flip before. Oh, Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so keep that in mind as we talk about it. Now, um, since these two picks got pulled down, the second overall pick and the third overall pick after the Trayvon Walker flopped happened at first overall, we don't have like specific odds to tell you right now for the second and third overall pick, but I did want to discuss them a little bit. Um, Frank, if the Jaguars do go Trayvon Walker or even Icky at one, how fast, like what, what the 40 time for Dan Campbell yeah. run? Yeah, I mean, we'll I know see. it's not Dan Campbell running the card up himself, but <laughs> how fast? Awesome. it might be. We don't <laughs> know. You never like, know. You never know. It's across the Bellagio stage for all we know. Yeah, yeah. Right. So how fast do the Lions run up that card for Aiden Hutchinson at two overall? If Yeah. If and that was, I, I'm so mad because as we talked about the jump, I'm in Florida where sports betting, not legal, unlike Colorado where I live. And as we're, I was doing a prep for the show, I'm like Aiden Hutchinson at plus 150 for the second pick because the one thing I could tell you in this draft, and some I don't exactly know what's going to happen, one, three, anything like that. If Aiden Hutchinson is there at number two, the Lions are picking him. I, yeah. I'd be blown away if they passed him for Evan Neal. Like, I just can't yeah. even envision that. So plus 150, it's like all, 
the Jaguars are just icky or uh, Travon go number one, then the, you've cashed that ticket before they even bring yeah. the card. So I, I still like, that's a good way if you, and I don't know what the odds are going to look like when they repost them. Aiden's probably going to have to go way, way down because everybody yeah. knows this. Everybody knows if Aiden Hutchinson doesn't go number one, Lions, you're going to take the Michigan man at number two. So he'll probably be minus, but maybe not minus enough. I mean, before we, before this all happened on Monday morning, Kayvon Thibodeau, I was really surprised that he was minus 125 to go at the second pick. Yep. But maybe Aiden's in that range. Maybe he's minus 125, and I still see value with that. I would still see, hey, because I don't know what's going to happen with the first pick, but I do know what's happening with the second pick if it's not Aiden Hutchinson number one. If he's not, I, I, I would really come up across a great argument why Trevon Walker wouldn't be number two. Like, I don't get why Thibodeau is a favor for number two over Walker. Do you like, do you have a theory on this? Because I was confused and I looked at it and said, why wouldn't I bet Trevon Walker at this spot? Because if he, if he goes number one, I think it's Trevon. Yeah. I think the lines are kind of a tough team to read. That would probably be it because uh, we do like the tackles up at the top of this draft, but their offensive line is kind of in a good spot right now. Yeah. They've it's one of their two tackles. Like, yeah. It's, it's one, one of their strengths. Yeah. And he, I mean, you look at the Lions roster, like they're, their weaknesses just don't really line up with the top of this draft in general. Obviously, pass rush juice would be great. Aiden Hutchinson would be awesome there. Um, I think Kayvon Thibodeau, he's just – obviously, Walker's athleticism is 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 the freakier part here. But I think from, like, a play style perspective, uh, Kayvon's got more of that bend. Like, he's a, he's a bendier pass rusher on film when you watch him. Um, I think there's a lot of untapped potential there, too, because there are games when you watch him and, you know, he's kind of coming in and out. But then, like, when he turns it on – it's awesome. So I think that was pro- that's probably the the logic there. But I agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that anybody other than Hutchinson should be minus any odds to to be the second no, overall yeah. pick right. because these guys are, are all kind of bunched together. And I think one thing, kind of a separate here, that I wanted to discuss is we you know when we make mock drafts or when when I bet draft props, we a lot of times I, I do this too. Do you do well, do you I've, do mock drafts, Frank? Uh, I I've never I do, done. And they, it stinks. They it's stink. Awful. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> so hard. bad at it. I'm so like, especially this year. I'm hey, although this year might be the year I, I like hit the lottery because I don't know yeah. what's going. Nobody knows what's going on, so maybe I'll hit some picks. But we we get in a mindset of this is what I would do. This is what like I like because I agree with you out there. Though. I think he is a better football player, Draw Walker, especially right now. So we think like well, I would draft. Thibodeau seconds so that's what I'm going to bet that's what I put in my mock draft whereas that doesn't matter it's almost like right. you know I bet a lot on uh, on futures bets for voting like awards MVP or mm-hmm. Cy Young or whatever you're not betting on what we think is going to happen I'm betting I'm trying to handicap voters I'm not yeah. necessarily handicap players and in draft in draft props if you're going to get into that market you need to handicap teams you you can't you need to put your your head around okay this is what the Lions would, are going to do I think not necessarily what I would do but if I'm the Lions, I would draft Tron Walker or Thibodeau, whoever it's going to be. You can't just, you can't get caught up in what I think. You can't get, we, we both, you know, when we watch guys, we can't get, oh, I love this receiver down the, you know, I think he's going to be the first. Well, okay, that's great that I, I believe in that. And maybe for our fantasy drafts, that, that is actionable advice. But when betting draft props, you need to get rid of that. You need to think about what, what fits work. Like, you know, would I draft Drake London as a first receiver? No, I wouldn't. But the Jets might. And the Jets might be on the clock and draft him first, and you might cash that prop, which we'll talk about a little bit. So I, I just I, I just wanted to say that. I just want to say, like, we can't get caught up in this is what I would do. I wouldn't draft Aiden Hutchinson first. Well, it doesn't matter. The Jaguars are drafting, and you're betting right. on that. So you need to get in that mindset more than what you want to happen. 
And I think that's a great transition to our next question here, which is the third overall pick, because, Frank, if there's a tough team to get in the mindset of, it's the damn Houston Texans. I mean, they're a total wild card. Again, this is currently off the board, but I'll refer to the odds that were there, you know, as as late as Sunday night. Third overall pick, Iki Aquanu plus 250, uh, Evan Neal plus 350, and then the two cornerbacks, which I think are really interesting. Sauce Gardner, who, again, if we're talking like potential studs from this draft i think sauce looks like a guy who just checks every box he's plus 350 but then the really interesting one and i know you you were going to talk about this i heard lance zierlein talk about this on the athletic football show that he's here in houston loves Derek stinley they've done a ton of work on him he's plus 500 was plus 500 um that would be a wild card even a draft like full of like we don't know what's going to happen they go stingley at third overall like we're really starting to cook here with the unpredictability part of it yeah I mean, hey, nothing's gonna beat Laramie Tunsil with a gas mask bong like minutes before. Like I could I could do an entire <laughs> podcast on our entire reaction to that when we're right. Anyway, but yes, that would and you know, our, our good friend Eric at home, who I think is the draft guy. Like I, I love Eric's stuff and I love Eric as a dude. He's been telling me, hey, there's a lot of buzz on Stingley going a lot higher than anybody thinks. And could it yeah. be number three? It could. Like plus five hundred, I don't think it's crazy for that. I, I we'll get to you know, first quarterback selected and that that I mean, I think a lot of people would be surprised, but that's the buzz right now is the Stingley who had that great, great freshman year. You can kind of see it. You can kind of, okay, I, I get it. If, and again, I hate to do this because I just warned against doing this, but I'm looking, we're trying to get a mind of the Texans. I wouldn't draft a quarterback over a guy who could be a, a left tackle for your team for the next 12 years. Like I just can't. And I, I see either Neil or Equanu, both of those guys, I just think are going to have marvelous careers. Set it and forget it. You're, you're dealing with a very important part of your football team is your left tackle. You need that more than, in my opinion, anyway. I know it's passing the league, quarterbacks matter, all that kind of stuff. I'm drafting a, left ta- a, a potential stud left tackle over a potential stud quarterback if all things are equal. What about you? I, I think it's going to be a Quanu. I just think he has the highest upside, and I think the Houston Texans are going to swing big here, and plus 250 odds, if that's still the case after everything settles. I think that's perfectly fine to take for him. Uh, where do you think? Where, where would you go with this? Well, you mentioned Laramie Tunsil, who uh, is on the Houston Texans right yeah. now. Still, is he? They, they haven't traded him for spare parts yet. That's good. No, no, still on the Houston Texans roster. Uh, their first round pick, I think, is Titus Howard from from a few years ago, is still on the roster too. So, like, tackles not. I mean, look the Texans need damn near everything. Um, but again, I think there's so much logic to taking Icky and just being like, okay, maybe we start him out at guard. And then if we move on from Tunsil next year, he kicks out to left tackle. Uh, You're making things easier around Davis mills. And also this is tough because the way they hired lovey Smith was weird. The best way to put it. A little, a little strange, (laughs) a little strange. Uh, But you know, typically in that cover two system, like, you're not going to, why would you take a third over a corner right. third overall and yeah. stick him in like that heavy zone system? You know, it, it's not necessarily what you'd think. Um, but how much input does Lovey have on this whole process? You know, um, it's, it's tough to read. They're a tough team to read. And that's why I think it's very um, interesting to talk about them. Nick Casario seems really, really high on like all the character type traits, all of that type of stuff. So um, it is worth, you know, noting that there. Uh, let's move on to first receiver off the board. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, Drake London at plus 225. The favorite, which I think this is weird, that Garrett Wilson is minus 200 to yeah. be the first receiver yeah. off the board. I think this receiver class is really tough to pick apart. Um, I like Jamison Williams at plus 200. Just because I, He's not my wide receiver one. He's like my wide receiver four. But, you know, in a draft that 
there's a lack of all-star talent, he has an all-star trait. He has a trump card trait, James Williams, the speed. So I could see a team getting really infatuated with, you know, they're looking at the Jets at 10 thinking, man, they might take Jamison Williams. I could see a team trading up with the Giants at seven overall because we know the Giants want to come down. I could see a team trading up for Jamison Williams just because they cover covet that speed. But you've got Drake London at plus 225. Yeah, just because I think when we get to – I do think the Jets, when I when I did my mock, which is going to stink anyway, so it's probably <laughs> – the Jets were the first team to me that was like, this team is drafting a receiver. Like, they, yeah. they, they just need it. And what, and like you said, they got Elijah. So do you, and I'm not saying Garrett and Elijah, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are the same guy. They're not, but, no, yeah, but maybe they want a true X. Maybe they want, Hey, Garrett's going to be a great player, but he's, he's six foot one ninety. Drake London goes up to about what? two twenty. Like he's six, three, two twenty. He's more of the prototypical X. So I'm trying to get in their mindset of what do we need? What do, what kind of receiver do we want here? James, I think, I think James Williams is a very interesting case because Obviously, has crazy upside, crazy speed, everything, everything you want, but the ACL. Like, yeah, if you're drafting ten in this deep, deep draft, and you're saying, "Is James Williams that much better than everybody else that we're willing to take this huge risk that he's not necessarily the same guy?" ACL is different. It's not Achilles. Like, guys come back from ACLs all the time, but there's still a risk involved there. Where you're like, "Well, Drake London, you know, and he had his injury issues too, but not ACL." So, do you take that risk? And in, I, in my mind, as I'm trying to think through this, I think the Jets are the first team to take a, a receiver. And I think that they're going to want that true X, big guy, good, yeah. you know, wide catch radius for Zach Wilson. I think that that's where it goes. And plus 225 odds, I'm willing to go there with that. And I think, too, with Drake London and Elijah Moore, I, I know they have Corey Davis on the roster. And, I mean, he he's fine. They didn't pay him huge, yeah. huge money last year. He's, he's fine. They didn't even pay him like a top 15 receiver. He's fine. Right. Um, but the depth after those two guys, they have Braxton Berrios, who's like a nice slot receiver. But Drake London, Elijah Moore would give you inside out versatility. Like I think Elijah Moore proved last year he can play outside, but we know he can rip it up in the slot. Drake London, oh, too. Yeah. He's got a pure X frame, but he's so good on slant routes, so good on curl routes. He's just a great underneath receiver that you could move him inside and almost be like a, a big move tight end type of guy because of the frame, because of the catch radius. So, and, and we know Zach Wilson too. Like, what was he great at in college, Frank? Sitting in, in, in a pocket with wide open windows in, in pass protection and slinging it slinging downfield it. to contested catch guys. So, like, he could really be a, a nice fit there with Zach Wilson, really give them a good receiver let me, core. Let me ask you uh, one. Talk, yes, go just, for it. Just because uh, – there's what like if if you're gonna take a you, you want to take some shots right on log, what about George Pickens at sixty six to one? Is that crazy? I mean, yeah, Is that I mean it's it's sixty six to one. I mean I'm not gonna blame anybody for betting a sixty six to one shot, but I could see somebody falling in love with him. Like I I just I like him. And I yeah, me too. I'm like supposed him too. to do this, but maybe an NFL team is like, what does he checks every box? Why not? Like and I'm yeah. not. It would be a crazy pick that high, but. Six to six to one. Mm, I might put a couple bucks on that. Why not? I think I would. Well, number one, I mean, obviously that's probably not going to hit, but uh, yeah, but George Pickens is interesting because I kind of want to see where bet MGM puts like his, if he gets on the board as like a over under pick or something like that. Cause I might take the, the under on his, on his over under pick line there. It's not up there right now, but if it does get closer to the draft, I would keep an eye on that one. Cause I do think, the guy's got a wide range. You know, there are some folks like, again, I'll reference the podcast I listened to with uh, Dane Brugler and Lance Zierlein. Both of them kind of say like, oh, you know, he might go a little bit 
later than some people think. But then there are others that really think there's a lot of steam on him as a round one pick. Because, again, you know, Drake London's a guy that, you again, he has an X receiver frame. But I think George Pickens probably projects best as a pure X. Like, old school yes, scouts. That's, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, old school scouts who love that like classic X receiver who who gets off the line of scrimmage, who's built like him. And Pickens is just a tough evaluation because, you know, there's like the injury issues. There's injury issues there, right? I mean, he missed almost all of last season with a torn ACL from spring. Um, his 2020 season wasn't as good as his freshman year. But the guy's got legit talent. I mean, I think he can really be a good player. So he, it, it, I would like to take him and, you know, odds on, to go to the first round, something like that. But yeah, 66-1, obviously, pretty pretty aggressive. But uh, I, I do think that's a good long shot. <laughs> hey, to throw I'm, out I'm there. trying to give people at least something, something, something <laughs> like kind of lottery tickets here. I'll tell you what, like in, in any dynasty league I'm in, uh, I'm looking to draft George Pickett's leg first. I, I think that that's yeah. why I'm willing to invest in with a little bit later. Like everybody's going to be drafting Garrett, Jameson, Drake up top. I'm I'm laying in the way, laying in the back and trying to take George Pickens because I just believe in the kid. I think I he's, yeah. he's going to get in, and if he ends up in a situation, well, I mean, if he ends up in a situation like Green Bay, I mean, yeah. whatever, he's going to go a lot higher than he should. Yeah. But I, I I believe in I, I believe in him. I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah, Green Bay, Kansas City, two teams that absolutely need an X receiver right now. And they have multiple first round picks, which again, to I mentioned, made that point at the top, like that's unusual for true blue contenders like them right. to have two first round picks. Like they could take uh, George Pickens in the late first round, and I don't think anybody would really bat an eye. That's why I love. Uh, I, I know Bet MGM doesn't have it up right now, but like any sort of prop you can get, where like the over on receivers going in the first round, I think with the yeah, way the market settled out, that that one should be pretty exciting. All right, yeah, let's move I on. think that I mean, real quick on yeah. that point, I think that this draft where you're like, eh, we only like, I think that. Chiefs came out and said they only have like 17 guys with first round grades or something like that. I, you know, you, I, I, I don't want to get, cause I, I don't, I don't know who to cite on Twitter. Cause I just saw it in passing, but sure. when you get a draft like that, where you're like, well, what are we going to do? Well, let's take a shot on a receiver because everybody needs receivers. So I, I do think the over on any, you know, over under receiver in the first round problem, probably. Gonna hit. Especially those guys are just good players, mm-hmm. like receiver one through eight. Good, like good player. Good, you know player, good player. You good know, player. I think yeah. you know so I, you can see them getting pushed up the first round for sure. All right, let's talk about quarterbacks, Frank. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, um, Matt, Matt. Oh, yeah. this, is, this is the E.J. Manuel year, right? Like, this is like, it's like, oh, I can't talk to myself. And I've seen some. And Eric, you know, our, our great friend Eric at home, uh, he has Malik Willis going to the Panthers. I think they get six pick, seven in that range. Six pick, yeah. I just don't see it, man. I don't yeah. see it. I know, you know, I when we look at the first quarterback selected odds, Malik is the favorite there at a minus number. I'll go with Kenny Pickett plus 130 just because yeah. who knows? I don't know what these who knows quarterback. I view Kenny Pickett as just a long-term backup. I, I don't think yeah. he's got the juice to be a starter. And as I've thought more about this, like and, and also, okay, we're in a we're in a world where Jimmy Garoppolo can't find a new start a place to start. Everybody's asking, you know, when I do radio hits or whatever, well, where's Jimmy G on opening day? And I'm like, well, I don't, I, where's it going to be? But San Francisco, like yeah. no Baker Mayfield, same deal. Where's he going to be? Well, nobody it, it's, he's going to be Cleveland. I almost, it almost has to be because there's no trade partner. The same goes for the draft. And, you know, you mentioned before about the Titans being sneaky to draft a quarterback and there's you know, teams laying in a cut like that. But we're talking about who, who really is going to draft a quarterback first round maybe the saints i guess but they would have to like one of these guys or pittsburgh maybe they don't view trubisky as long term they want to draft a guy kenny pickett's right there in the backyard but i can view this as no quarterbacks being taken in the first round whatever under you can get take the under because i get that i i can i can tell myself a story where no quarterbacks are taken in the first round because 
teams are probably just like, well, okay, if we whiff on Kenny Pickett, we don't get him. We could draft Matt Corral, like second round. Who cares? Like, there's no big difference between them. None of them are none of them are set and start guys. So no. I wonder what you think of that and where the first quarterback goes, because I, I'm sure MGM will put up these props later in the week of over under on where the first quarterback goes, over on how many quarterbacks in the first round. And I'm just aggressively taking under on every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback market is so hard to read. And I think it's because I could talk myself into the same scenario you painted out there, like no quarterbacks go in the first round um, or like these quarterbacks really start to fall. I could also see teams sitting there saying, you know, like in the back half of the first round, you know, they they get on the phone with the Lions at 32. We've seen that with like Teddy Bridgewater before, Lamar Jackson before. Lamar Jackson. Like We just want to get the fifth year option. They want to so get the like, fifth year, yeah. I would love like to take under two and a half quarterbacks in the first round. That seems like hell yeah. But then again, I could see Malik going. I could see Kenny Pickett going. And then You're like, right. yeah, yeah, so yeah. some team wants to come up and, and trade for Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter and get that fifth year option. And then you're banged, right? Like that's all possible. But yeah, I do feel like under two and a half quarterbacks feels really good. And the, the unpredictability part of it starts with the Carolina Panthers because Oh my God, Frank! The Panthers, like, what a shit show. The whole the whole thing is a mess right now. We're, we got Sam Darnold. We're good. Yeah. We're good guys. Don't worry about us. We're they're not, they're, they're the they're the one Justin team of this draft. We're just gonna no, yeah, we're we're good on um, we're good on Sam Darnold. Oh my God! I mean, it's just such a mess because I think that David Tepper really wants to win. He doesn't know how to win uh, at this he's point. A, he's yet. a friendlier Daniel Snyder, basically. Is yeah, he's a he's oh, a better God. human being. But yeah, he's just so impulsive. That, yeah, we don't so know impulsive. Yeah, no. And and Matt Rule like needs to save his job, but like Kenny Pickett, that's probably not saving your job at six. Any of these quarterbacks probably not saving your job at six overall. Like, by the way, like and I'm not a city year guy. I think that that's that's something from the Carson Palmer era when we were watching on two TVs. Yeah. You don't need to sit no more. But I think these guys need to sit. <laughs> I think Malik Willis. Malik Willis certainly learning. needs to sit, but I do think he presents the most upside. Right. So yeah, like oh, the, yeah. I guess there's a way I could spin it in my head that the Carolina Panthers look at Malik Willis and Matt rule. Like it's like, this is a way for me to potentially actually give myself a longer leash. Like get, get me Malik mm, Willis mm-hmm, and we'll turn mm-hmm, him into a mm-hmm. superstar, but you got to give me two years to gotta do it. it but you. then yep. again, no, no, good point. We saw Matt Nagy do that last year with Justin Fields. And guess what? Matt Nagy's not the head coach of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, anymore. It's, so it's, it's not a foolproof method. I'll get it. But you would, I, I, look, I, I said before, I would bet Kenny Pickett to be first just because I'm trying to take somebody a plus odds because I don't really know that there's a big gap between any of these guys. But I do think Wills probably will be the first pick among quarterbacks, don't you? Like, I, I somebody's going to yeah. look at the upside and say, okay, we'll mold this guy over time. And, and he's a great, so. he's a great kid too. Like, right. the character stuff is off the board. So, yeah. you know, he's a guy that could really come in and eventually develop into that player. But it just needs to be the right ecosystem. I think Pittsburgh. They clearly love Malik Willis. That's like they, Pittsburgh. Yeah, it, it, they're really good at telegraphing. Like exactly, everybody knew they were taking Najee Harris last. Everybody, year. yeah, everybody. Even Pat Fryermuth. Like there was some whispers that hey, if they don't, if yeah. Najee Harris is off the board, like they'll take Pat Fryermuth in the first round. They took him in the second round. Like everybody knows what Pittsburgh wants to do. The funny thing is, at this time of year, telling the truth is like the best smokescreen because everybody thinks you're lying. I remember way, way back, and you know. I can't say when I had hair, but way, way back, maybe when my hair was a little <laughs> less gray, I was covering Josh McDaniels and the Broncos, and he straight oh, up God. said before the draft, we're drafting Tim Tebow. And everybody laughed, like, okay, <laughs> then you must be lying if you're that straight yeah. up about it. And he goes on for, like, he's like, Tim Tebow's one of the best human beings I've ever met, and we're going to take him. We're going to take Tim Tebow. And everybody was like, he ain't taking Tim Tebow, because why would you be that honest? And then he ends up doing it, which 
whatever. Like, that's, a, that's a different, <laughs> that's a different show, Matt. But yeah, it's, sometimes the truth is the best, uh, the best smokescreen because nobody thinks you're telling the truth. Oh God, it's crazy. Uh, this quarterback uh, draft is going to be wild. I can't bad. wait to see it's how, how it turns. I, I just, it's not I great. Don't, I don't yeah. And any pick, like I'm, I'm all in favor of don't draft a quarterback rounds two through four because it's a waste. I get it's you're trying waste, to hit the yeah. back Prescott lottery and I understand it. But if you look at how many picks are immediately wasted, immediately, Kyle Lalletta, like the moment he walked into the building, they were like, we, we don't like you. No. Like, what, what do we do? Well, like, I mean, every, all those picks are wasted. So I don't even know. I, yeah, I just wouldn't, I, I wouldn't touch this quarterback class. I just, except for Willis, maybe because he has upside, but eh. I'm, I'm you know what the funny part about the Dak Prescott lottery is, Frank? Do you remember how much Jerry Jones was like, I can't believe, like he openly was mourning the fact they didn't trade up for Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. And then they wanted, yeah, what's yeah. his name? Uh, Connor, was it Connor? Oh, Connor Cook, yeah. Connor yeah. Cook from, from yeah, Michigan, Michigan State. State. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew they wanted him real bad. And then uh, he got traded up for, yeah. I think it was the Raiders or something like that, took him or whatever. And then, oh my God, yeah. They, and they lucked into Dak Prescott. Like that's oh, how yeah. the quarterback, oh, that's how the totally quarterback felt, lottery stuff totally works out. backwards into it. Yeah, like even, yeah. It's it's yeah. Or Seattle hits Russell Wilson because he's too short for the Denver Broncos who draft Brock Osweiler. You know, I mean, like you got yeah. You're good. One of one of every fifty of those guys gonna hit, and it's great when they do. Like that's awesome. But uh, I just you're just wasting picks in the middle of rounds of quarterbacks. Paxton Lynch currently like Jeff Fisher's gadget quarterback in the USFL. (laughs) So that was a bad scouting report. Panthers, baby. Tough scene. Uh, all right, let's move on to first running back selection. This one's pretty heavy on Brees Hall at minus 250. Yeah. And I think Brees Hall is probably going to – like I think he's the best back in the class and he's probably going to be um, – you know, he's a guy that I think even the Bills like could talk themselves into late round one just because they clearly want like the J.D. McKissick signing. And this is the stuff you got to do with these draft props. You have to like look at the team's moves throughout the course of the offseason because they're that's the only time teams can't lie to you. They don't lie to you with their money, and they don't lie to you with their draft picks. So that's why you look at the running back position. They try to bring in J.D. McKissick. That doesn't work out. Um, they signed Duke Johnson. That's not going to work out. But it shows you that they want some kind of like pass-catching versatility in their backfield. So Brees Hall could be that guy for them. But at the same time, like Kenneth Walker at plus 250, like Walker might be the better pure runner of these two guys. He just doesn't have the receiving background to the point that maybe some team, like if no running backs go in the first round, which I think is a pretty good chance that happens, even though I like, you know, potentially the Brees Hall, Brees Hall Bills connection there. If we get into the second round, like I could see some team taking Kenneth Walker at the top of the second round over Brees Hall and at plus 250, that might be the, the way to go. Interesting. Uh, and I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I can't get on board because I just think, I think Brees is so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, Kenneth Walker's so great good. season last year for sure. But I, I just, with these, it's one of those markets I probably won't get involved with because I think it's, it, I just can't talk myself to anybody, but Brees Hall, but I'm not like minus 250 to do it because like you said, yeah. it all takes one team to say, Kenneth Walker, look at this production. We just want him between yep. the tackles. Runner, well, look, Jonathan Taylor wasn't a receiver at Wisconsin either. Sure. Kenneth Walker, we could, we, you know, we could figure that out, and, and maybe he's a better receiver than we think. He just wasn't used that way. It only takes one team to do that, but I can't talk myself into it, so I'll probably be staying out of the running back market here. I think Brees Hall is the only guy I can really talk myself into being. We talk about this draft not being that exciting. Like, it's like you know, last year when Najee Harris went, it's like he's just moving up boards until like he was a first round pick of fantasy. I can't see like Brees Hall's not. Yeah, be, I don't even see him being a top two round pick. Like it's just like, eh, I wouldn't be proactively drafting him anywhere. And that kind of just says like, this is what this draft is. It's really, really light on running backs, quarterbacks, any any fantasy relevant tight ends, any fantasy relevant guys. Other yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, the running back market, the problem with it too is that, you know, you look at the teams that need running backs the most, like they, like Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker could walk into just a boatload of touches. It's like the Houston Texans. Yeah, the bad offense is bad teams. And are, Atlanta Falcons. Are the, are the Texans really going to be trapped? Like, why? Why? What good does Brees Hall do? If you're the Houston yeah. Texans, why? What's right. what's what's a point? So there's a good chance that these guys end up in committee backfields, and I agree with you. It's not like Najee Harris where he was going to walk into just RB one workload. I right guess away. the only I mean, like, and I think you talked about this. If Brees goes to the Bills, you're like, mm, yeah, then you might all be cooking. Right. Like that's kind of a perfect like that's the only perfect team to player fit where you'd be like, this could be a really big rookie season. I don't see you anywhere else. With him there. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. First offensive lineman off the board. You've got Evan Neal at plus plus one fifty. And just an odds play here because I, I think Icky is minus one fifty. And minus 150, uh, yep. I don't know. It's, it only takes one team up top to say Evan Neal's 341 pounds. A heck of an athlete comes from a football factory in Alabama. If he could play there, you could play in the NFL because it's basically the NFL's JV at this point. So it only take one. Even though I said like with third pick, I would drown. I would take Icky's odds because it's plus two fifty. But first off, it's a lineman taken. Evan Neal plus one fifty. Sure, I think because I can see totally see some team talking themselves into that. It's just it would just be an odds play for me to take a plus one fifty. If both guys, I'm saying they're probably fifty fifty in this draft. What about Charles Cross at plus 600? Um, mm. I think there's a lot of steam that NFL teams like Charles Cross more than like kind of the draft media or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a, a scenario if, you know, let's say Trayvon Walker goes number one, Aiden Hutchinson goes number two, you know, number three, uh, the Houston Texans do something weird and they take like, no, you know, sauce yeah. <laughs> right? They take Derek Stingley. <laughs> then the Jets, the Jets at fourth overall, like, all right. We have lacked a good pass rusher forever. The guy we tabbed to be our free agent last year, Carl Lawson, gets hurt. We add Kayvon Thibodeau at four. And then at five, you're looking at the Giants, and like maybe they just think Charles Cross is is the yeah. best prospect there. I, I mean, yeah, I think that, that you could you could potentially see that. So I don't know. The, the, the Charles like Cross call. at yeah. plus 600 is interesting to me. Yeah, and uh, yes, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, he's it definitely take the under on you know where he's going to go in the draft because I think – in a league where it's hard to find good offensive linemen, he, they get pushed up draft boards. And I, I can see, I could see cross going higher than we think. And at plus 600, sure. Yeah, I could talk myself in that story. Beautiful. All right, let's go into some player specific uh, draft position ones. We can kind of hit some of these quicker. Can, you've got Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis over on 10.5 for Malik, over on Kenny Pickett at 12.5. The Pickett one feels especially good. Uh, Malik gives me a little pause, like Seattle at 9. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some mm-hmm. team could potentially trade up again. The Giants, we know they want to trade down. So I don't know. Malik gives me a little pause, but I'm with you on Kenny Pickett over 12.5. I mean, it, talk about a team we don't know what they're going to do. The Seattle Seahawks have been doing that dance for 15 years. Like, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Seahawks could actually draft anybody, and I'd be like, okay, that's the Seahawks. So, I, I, yeah, they're, Malik, I would feel like I think you put it very, very well. Malik, I feel a little less confident about the over there, but Kenny, yeah. If, if Kenny Pickett goes in the top 12 picks, like, I'll throw up my hands and say, I, I don't, this is the Christian Ponder pick right here. You're just doing it just to do it. <laughs> you know you're yeah. drafted him, so why? why? Why would you do that? Yeah, don't love it. Don't love that at all. All right, let's move on to – I put this one on uh, the outline. I want to throw this at you. Traylon Burks yeah. over 23-and-a-half. This one I'm not super, super confident. I could see a team look like, hey, we think we can get, get a good role for him. You know, the Packers are there. They could potentially take him at 22. Um, you know, again, just looking at a team could potentially see him as a moldable piece of clay. But, man, you know <sighs> – 
I could see him going over on this one too, just because tough evaluation, Frank. I mean, he plays that yeah. weird big slot role. And, you know, I've, I was listening to a podcast over the weekend where Justice Mosqueda, who, who covers Green Bay Packers and, you know, got a, got some pretty good sources. He was saying that like in the interviews, Trey, Traylon Burks is like, the 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 there's a reason why he's not playing like f- true blue wide receiver right like because he's just not there technically he's still really really raw and shoot you can see that when you watch him on film like it's not a personality thing or anything in interviews that he's turning teams off on it's just from like a he's just not ready to be like a an outside wide receiver i could see teams saying hey we'd rather have a chris olave we'd rather have you know what about a george pickens over Traylon burks like if you need that true x receiver Traylon burks might get there in three years but George Pickens could potentially be that guy, you know, in week one. So I could see him going, you know, and again, I could see him falling out of the first round, probably unlikely, but t- over 23 and a half feels really good. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. The only problem I have with any of these receiver over-unders is, for me, the difference between one and six, seven is so yeah. slight that it would just take one team to be like, yeah, we like Trey Why wouldn't we like Trey Lombard? So he's a heck of a player. Like, we're going to draft him. 15th or whatever because there's just not that big of a gap between the eagles six seven yeah somebody like that exactly so i agree with you i think the over probably will hit but again it's just the whole this receiver class really bunched together it's just what beauty in the eye of the beholder type of deal so i i, I wouldn't feel confident about it but i do think that's right side of the over and the receiver run could easily push any of these guys up too. Yes, like if, yes. if the Jets All of a sudden, start, yeah, that, if you're like, if you're the Packers, like I've done Mac drafts where like you get to the Packers pick and you're like, there's really no receiver. Yeah, left shoot, we better pick George Pickens <laughs> in the first round at this point. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I could totally see a receiver uh, run going and, and guys get pushed up. All right, you've got Jamison Williams over uh, on 12 and a half. I feel like I'm totally on the other side on under. On yeah, and I, I get that. I, I understand. It's just this is me, and I probably have to, again, remove myself and say, what are teams thinking, not what I'm thinking. I'm too risk-averse to take a, a guy coming off an ACL with a top 12 pick. Will NFL teams be that risk-averse? Probably not. Like, I, I can see one saying, we don't care. The upside's there. Even if he's coming, if we don't get him till November, if he's that's when he's fully right, we're fine with that. So, you're probably right. I, I mean, I, I go back and forth on this. I probably I, just me. I can't get over. We're going to take a speed receiver with ACL tear yeah. in the top twelve. Like it's especially I with so it. many good receivers in this class. But uh, yeah. the talent is the talent is so undeniable that you, you're probably going to end up being right there. Yeah. And it's the tr- it's the trump card trait. The fact that he has that unreal speed, even though he never timed it out. We know he j- like you w- watch him run past like SEC defenses oh, two or yes, three times yeah. every single game. That's right. Um, yeah. And you just look at picks seven through eleven again. If we're talking about over twelve and a half, New York Giants number seven. Apparently, they want to trade Kadarius Tony, which I mean, shock that that's a that's not aging <laughs> that didn't really work well. out. What? That's shock. That's not working out well. Um, eighth overall, the Falcons. Their receiver depth chart is a joke. The Seahawks, like, you know, they might trade DK Metcalf. Probably not, but I don't think they're necessarily one. Tenth overall, the Jets. They definitely are in the receiver market. Eleven, Washington. Washington has been sniffing around Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Obviously, the Vikings at 12. But, yeah, so, like, that's the Giants, the Jets, the Falcons, and Washington. That's four teams before pick 12 and a half. Like, I I just think that they're – again, it is – it's the receiver run that scares me about yeah, taking the yeah. over on even a Traylon Burks, who I'm 
I'm not confident in the evaluation there. Like I'm not confident that, you know, he comes in and is a day one starter or anything like that, but I could see a team, you know, pushing it like the, the Eagles at 15. I'm glad you threw that out there. Like, you know, their, their wide receiver scouting is a little interesting. Like JJ Arcega Whiteside <laughs> moving to tight end. Apparently Ooh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Traylon Burks could be the pick at 15 for the Eagles. Certainly. Um, all right, let's move on to Kyle Hamilton. Um, I like that you've got the over under here, 11 and a half. You're on the underside of this one. And again, our good friend Eric, we're going to bring up because it's draft time, and he's, he's yeah. the guy I go to. He has he has Kyle as the second guy in his his top mm-hmm. hundred, and I agree with that. I think that Kyle Hamilton is just a, a great ball player, and I think some team in the top eleven is going to see that. I think some team much higher than eleven. Maybe again, I'm doing this. I'm projecting my feelings onto the other teams, but and I think this whole deal of well, safety is not an important position. That's going by the wayside. I think safety yeah. is almost like guard was 10 15 years ago we're like guard doesn't matter and then all of a sudden teams were like oh wait yeah guards can really really matter in this modern nfl with all these great defensive tackles coming into the league same with safety if you get a versatile playmaking safety a derwin james type who a guy who's probably my favorite player in the league right now is derwin james yeah a guy who does it all can match up can you know all these offenses want their chess pieces right they want you know these move tight ends all that kind of stuff well we have we have the antidote to that we have a move safety we're going to do a lot of things with him. And I see Kyle Hamilton as that player. He could do it all. He's a playmaker, football player. I don't care what he ran in the 40. He plays a lot faster than that. And I think some teams gonna in the top 10 is going to fall in love with him and say, this is the type of chess piece we need on defense to counteract what offenses do. So this is probably my, probably my strongest feeling of any of these draft props is Kyle Hamilton under, except maybe Derek Stingley because of what we're hearing with the rumblings. And he's still at, I believe, nine and a half. But Kyle Hamilton under, yeah, punch that ticket for me because I think he's going top 10. I'm with you on the fact that, like, I think that there's so much versatility that a good safety brings to your defense. Like, so, oh, yeah, I absolutely. can see, this again, is a 11 and a half. Yeah, yeah, we're not. We're not talking Jamal Adams. Like, uh, God bless Jamal right. Adams, but he's not a versatile. Like, he's not your chess piece. He's just playing in a box. This is a guy who can do it all. And those type of safeties just, they transform your defense. I really believe that. And I think great safety of Tyron Matthew, a guy like that, can really – just take every he he allows you to do so many things on the back end because you know you could plug in anywhere and do just fine yeah 100 percent uh all right jordan davis over under 14 and a half love the under on this one because yeah. baltimore baby baltimore is sitting there at pick 14 itself and i could easily see them saying this is we're just going to take this guy because he's going to be a good player by the way like He's a freak. Jordan Davis is like pound for pound the most athletic player to ever enter the NFL draft to the point that like I could see a team in the top 10 taking Jordan Davis just because he's so freaky. Absolutely. And I think that you talk about, you know, I was going to bring up the term unicorn. Who are the unicorns in this draft? Who are the guys who are like, we can't find this anywhere else. Jordan Davis is that guy. He's a massive human being who is unbelievably athletic. And you, you can... You see teams, Tampa Bay Vita Vea, or, you know, I mean, Snacks Harrison, who Eric uh, comped uh, Jordan Davis to. You, if you get a guy in the middle like that, who's just so good against a run, he can single-handedly basically transform your run defense. Like, you don't tell me the, the Chargers couldn't use a guy like Jordan Davis in the middle of their defense. Like, just to, oh, you got the run defense. We're good. Like, you are immediately going to upgrade us there. You might not give us a great pass rush pop, but you have such a big role on this team just being our run defense. Jordan Davis is yeah. going to be some team's run defense because he's so yeah. big and athletic in the middle that he can fill a, a void for you immediately. I love him. I think, and again, I think we're talking about who are the unicorns in this draft? He's one of the few who is just like, we can't find Jordan Davis anywhere else. We're, we're going to draft him top 14. 
you know, plug him in the lineup. Our run defense immediately going to get better. Hopefully he can develop some pass rush, which he, he was doing at the end of his college career. I'm totally with you here. I don't know why he's not considered higher. And I get it. Like, I I, I get if you you want pass the rush. Snap right, every guy, thing too, yeah, the like, snap count thing. You're right. You're, you're definitely right about the snap count. But I, and, and it's tough to comp anybody to Vita Vea because he's he's such a freak that you can't literally can't move him. He's, he's made the Buccaneers the best run defense in the NFL. But to me, this is a Vita Vea type pick where I'm sitting there. I remember sitting there on draft day saying, why would you draft Vita Vea? He's not giving you anything on third down. Well, it doesn't matter because you're not getting anything on first or second down run game. <laughs> that's that's what his value is. I mean, again, you're talking about uncompable players. Like Jordan Davis is a guy that's really tough to find comps for uh, Frank because he's so athletic. Like, you know, his, his comps on, on mock draftable are like wild just because he fills up the whole freaking spider chart. You know, he's that good of a player. Uh, unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, Ravens pick 14 right there. That feels really good uh, to take the under on Jordan Davis. All right. Last one I wanted to offer up to give me the over on Devin Lloyd at 18 and a half here. Um, because look, the history of first round linebackers, Frank, like off ball linebackers, not pass rushing linebackers. Right. Like Michael Parsons last year, pick 12. Okay, yeah, but he was, we knew he was going to offer some pass rushing juice. You know, Zaven Collins last year, Jamin Davis last year uh, to the Washington football team, like not ideal. You know, Isaiah Simmons, the Cardinals, like he was kind of off ball linebacker. I don't know. Kenneth Murray to the Chargers, that didn't work out. Jordan Brooks to the Seahawks, like, I don't know. Uh, you know, even Devin White worked out for the Bucks. But that's because he has, like, again, a trump card trait, like the pass or not the pass rush part, but he does bring some blitz elements. Like, he's so fast. Devin Bush was in the first round that year. That has not mm. worked out. Um, the history uh, of these guys is not great. I mean, Roquan Smith is kind of like the, the exception right now, eighth overall pick to the Bears. Like, he's a good player. But is he a guy you would take eighth overall again? I don't know. So the history of first-round off-ball linebackers makes me feel this way. Um, and just in general, like, you again, look at the teams in that range. The Eagles pick at 15, and they pick at 18. Howie Roseman ain't taking a first-round linebacker. Like, it, he just doesn't <laughs> value that position. Right, is it right. likely that the Eagles move around the draft board? Certainly. But still, the fact that you've got Eagles two picks in that range the chargers i don't see them necessarily taking a first round linebacker and the saints are at pick 16 i don't feel like the saints make pick 16 uh, and 19 i feel like they're gonna move around but still they're probably not a team to target a linebacker as well so i don't know devin lloyd right. over 18 that 18 half is way too high for yeah, an off-ball yeah, linebacker totally agree with you off-ball linebackers new running back where yeah. hey, it was great in the 80s and Mike Singletary was winning defensive player of the year, but that really ain't happening no more. Unless you're getting Luke Keekley. Like, no, don't don't do it. Like you can you can you could fill in the the off-ball linebacker spots with role players. Here's our third down guy, here's our first. So yeah, I'm with you. And who's to say there's a team out there who doesn't like Nicobe Dean better? Like I, I yeah, don't think totally. they're that separated. No, so even yeah. if an off-ball linebacker goes top 18, it might not be Devin Lloyd. I think it probably would be, I, but not for sure. So I'm with you on that. I saw Devin Lloyd really, really high in a mock draft this past week. And I was like, I don't, I don't see it. Like you're right. The, the, you go through the history and you're starting to see there's just diminishing returns with drafting these guys that high. I'm with you. I, I think that it, well, let me put it this way. If somebody drafted Devin Lloyd, no, nothing else. Devin Lloyd, very, very good player. But if somebody drafted him top 18, I'd say, I, I don't, I don't know that I agree with that. And you talk about like, you're right. Like Eagles might move down. The Saints might move down. Who's moving up to draft an off-ball linebacker in 2022? Yeah. Like that—that that just seems like bad. Like now, Dave Gettleman's out of the league. We don't got guys like him <laughs> like in the 1980s. So yeah. I, I think that I, I think that you 
yes, I, I, I don't, I don't see why. I don't see why Devin Lloyd would go that high. As good of a football player as he is, it's just a position. It's just, I'd much rather draft one of these receivers. I'd much rather try you know, Charles Cross. I'd much, any of those guys, Jordan Davis, we were just talking about any of those guys. I'd easily draft over an off ball linebacker. A hundred percent. All right, Frank, uh, anything else you want to hit on here before we get out of here? Another just again, I think the only one, Derek Stingley under whatever you can get on. Yeah, that's fine. I think that he's the he's the one dude who I think that it's it's we don't we're all putting Sauce Gardner as first cornerback, but it might be Derek Stingley. I mean, that's all the buzz going on. And every year we do this where teams think about players differently than all the, the group draft think and all that kind of stuff. And I think Derek Stingley might be that guy. You look back at his freshman year and you're like, yeah, that that guy could be a top five pick. So, yeah, Stingley. And then, uh, yeah, he's he's Stingley and Hamilton are my two. Uh, those are my flag plank guys in this uh, draft props segment. Where I'm, if if you see if you see those guys slipping on the draft boards, just know that I'm going to be off pounding some bourbon somewhere, just trying to forget about the draft because I've lost a lot of money. Let's put it that way. There we go. All right, Frank. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you joining us uh, from your vacation. Go out there and enjoy more sun if you possibly can. All right. I don't need any more sun, dude. I don't need any more sun. My my head's already uh yeah, a little hurt already. So I I you gotta got sunscreen it up today, Matt. There you go. Well, hey, I appreciate you joining us. Uh that's gonna do it for us on this episode. Follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Follow Frank at Yahoo Schwab. What a company, man. Love to see it. And of course, while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. Liz and I will be back with a recap of the first round because that thing is coming up on Thursday evening. Until then, we're out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.